name is Susanna Brisk and welcome to the Sexual Intuitive Podcast. You'll be glad you came. If you're wondering what a sexual intuitive is, you will find out the answer to that question very shortly. And yes, I am a big tease, but I promise I will put out, it just might take a few episodes. On this show, we are going to discuss sex, love and relationships, but mostly sex because it's what I'm obsessed with with a depth and honesty and rawness that's appropriate for something that almost every adult thinks about so much of the time. Now, my first guest is an unbelievable coup. I am beyond excited to have her here and to get into it, though not literally. Sadly, although we'll see what happens. Her podcast, Sex with Emily, is consistently in the top 10 on iTunes. She was a star of Bravo TV's Misadvised show, She's a sex expert, a sex therapist, and a frequent media personality, not to mention an author and one of the most popular guest hosts on the only freshly deceased but much-loved iconic radio show, Love Line. It is my honor. I'm so excited to welcome Emily Morris. Hello. So honored to be here with you. How have you done it all? It was the first year podcasting was starting, so like 2005, I was thinking... I was a documentary filmmaker before that, and I knew that I I loved the interview process, and I'm obsessed with sex as well, but more from the point of, like, I want to understand how do you have amazing sex? Well, what does that even mean when everyone's going, oh, I had the best sex last night? Well, what? I'm like, what, what, what do you mean? I was always, like, very curious. Like, break that down for me because I'm also hard on myself. I'm like, I don't think I've had the best sex in my life. This is where it started. And then also relationships. I'm like, everybody who's in long-term relationships, they don't seem to be having great sex. And I want to get to the bottom of it. So I just invited people over, started interviewing them about their sex lives and their relationships. And that's when it started 10 years ago. And then I got a live radio show and I got my, I earned my doctorate about three years ago. Oh, But really it was self-taught. I mean, I read every, I had hundreds of guests. I read every sex and relationship book on the planet, but I didn't, it didn't start out that I was the expert. It was more like, let's just talk about sex because I think we all learn from each other, which is, I think that's how a lot of us learn about sex. Well, I'm definitely self-taught because I really just learned by being slutty. Right. I used to say I have hands-on experience at the beginning. Like, well, why are you helpful? I'm like, I've got some hands-on. Yeah. That's right. But you, when you were at the University of Michigan, that's not what you were studying was sexology? No, I studied psychology. And you were kind of a late bloomer, right, in terms of sexuality. Like you weren't yeah. that kid who was rubbing up against the no, lamppost kind of when you were off. six. Right. And I, reg- I was like, I was at the start of the show. I was like, what? Right. There's all these girls who were like, I was riding my bike, you know, I had an orgasm at five. And then I took a shower one day in the shower. I was like, no, I was 20. I'd been having sex already for maybe a year or two. And then my friends were like, well, did you have an orgasm? I'm like, an or what? Like, what are you talking about? Never heard of it. Never occurred to me. Never masturbated. Didn't even come up. And I had like liberal Jewish home. I was like, how come no one told me? Like, I guess you just figure it out. So that's, yeah, it was a late bloomer. And I was like, I don't know, you know, and I started just practicing and there you go. I had one. But yeah, I was a late bloomer around just understanding sex and having great understanding my body, which is what I talk a lot about on my show, Sex with Emily, is understanding your own body, especially for women. So you, you're spending that time if you need to, you know, people think, oh, I masturbate. I know how to do it done. But no, there's so many ways that you can orgasm. There's so many ways you can experience pleasure, but it's not going to happen with the penis inside you. A lot of times it's going to happen on your own, doing the homework, figuring out your body. Even if you already think you're having amazing sex, there's so much more to learn. So that's kind of, you know, that's why I talk about a lot. And sexuality is a completely custom thing. It's not a one size fits all situation. So the fact is that exploring your own sexuality and knowing what you're into is a lifelong process. And for some reason, for women, 
because of the messages that we're given and what we're told as kids, are maybe not as keen to do that or right. understand how, how important and valuable that it is. It is. For example, this morning, and it's just funny, I was talking to my best friend. She's, we've been best friends for 25 years. She has three kids. She lives in Chicago. Oh, God, I can't give her away. She's three kids. And she said to me, send me some more fun toys. I'm like, well, what do you want? I sent you the magic wand. I'm like, what about G-Spot Orgasm? Like, she has great sex. They're happy, married, three kids. I'm like, she, I said, they have great sex. And she's like, well, what about G-Spot? She goes, teach me a new kind of orgasm because she always reads my website. I'm like, have you ever had the Z-Orgasm? Right. I'm like, well, have you ever had the G-Spot one? She's like, no. She's like, I'm dead inside. I'm like, <laughs> come on. She's like, clitoral. I'm like, no, you can learn. And I read, then we end up having yes. a conversation about just because you've been having sex with this man for 15 years, it doesn't mean that like you can't go home, get a, a rabbit vibrator, do your kegel, figure out a way to do it. And I promise you, it's not dead. You could, you're at, you know, in your 40s, you can learn to have a G-spot orgasm. She's but like, no way. The other part of that that I think is interesting is that what we really should also be telling people is if you don't end up having a G-spot orgasm, and if you only orgasm watching clown porn, that's also oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Everything's okay. Yeah. Oh, my God. There's exactly. No, you're not failing at sex. Like, it's like right. that funny, like in Woody Allen, what was it, Andy Halvin? He's like, oh, I had the wrong kind. He's like, I didn't think there was a wrong kind of orgasm. <laughs> there isn't a wrong kind. I'm just saying, yeah. as far as expanding, we have so many erogenous zones on our body. And so even if you only have one kind of orgasm, but you could have it in 16 positions, it's just like, or you could communicate with your partner about something cool you want to try, or you just... Because it just, it's just that our bodies are, it's like, you know, they always say you only, and someone says this isn't true, but you only use a certain percentage of your brain. Right, 7%. But the gist of it is, yes. we probably only know a very small percentage of what our body, in our lifetime, of what our body can experience and all the pleasure and all the cool things that could happen in our body because we don't take the time to explore. And how fun is that? If you knew at the on the back of your knee, you could have this killer orgasm, but you never tried rubbing it. <gasps> I in had a friend who could orgasm from the back of her yeah. knee. And you're on your deathbed. Yeah. You're like, oh my God, I just had an orgasm. I'm 96. I'm dying. I could have been doing that my whole life. That yeah, seriously. Can you think off? Think off, by the way, for our listeners is to be able to have uh, an orgasm without touching yourself just yeah. by thinking about it. I, I, can, I haven't tried, but I'm sure I could. Yeah. Can you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, That's absolutely. Thing, right? I'm ridiculous. Like, I mean, you can I have am... orgasms like. Right now. Right now. Having one, actually, currently. Right. Looking Good. at you. And uh, yeah, but I was curious about you. That's not your experience. Thinking off. No, it's not. I have not thought. I, but I've gotten close, I think, to that. But I've never, I no, bet. I've never, you know, I've never tried. What about the idea that it's easier to communicate what you're interested in and some crazy, wild, kinky thing that you want to try with somebody that you're casual with as opposed to somebody that you're in a long-term relationship with. Because sometimes for the woman that's been married for 15 years, she's got to brush her teeth next to that motherfucker after she said, please, can we just watch clowns? I don't know what it is about right. clowns. Give me today. a real, just, okay, no, I know what you're saying. Yeah. I, I don't, you, again, there's no right or wrong. Right. If you're in a long term. But what's a, your experience? Like if you had longer term relationships or. I've had everything and yeah. I've done it all. So the <laughs> truth is I've been with a guy for a night and he's like, hey, you want to, you've got the, uh, whatever, I have every sex toy in the world. He's yeah. Like, Do you have a, what was it? Like, it was like, just like some basic bondage stuff and whip. I have a whole, like, I've, I've literally have a garage and an office filled with every sex product on the planet. I'm like, yeah. And he was like, we did some bondage stuff. I was like, that's cool. I went out with him twice. Then I have partners in long-term relationships where we get to talk about, you know, what do you want to try? What do you know? What, what's on your list? And then we, you know, build up to it. And then we have a night where we do all the stuff. So I think like, um, I think it's really just being comfortable with who you're with and knowing that if it's a partner that you can try, because the most important thing when you're trying something like 
I guess, kinky or alternative or that you haven't tried is that this is a good person. Like you trust them. You feel like it's pretty safe right. in a way. Right. But I know what you're saying is if you're not as connected with them, then you've nothing to lose. It's and it be fascinating. Yeah, for, I for, try it all. I mean, yeah. But I think what you were saying, uh, what you were saying earlier about people's uh, marriages and how the state of sex within the marriage, which is a, a huge conversation in itself, is that people have a harder time because there's also a lot of, um, you know, water under the bridge. There's there, and you don't want to add to it. It's like people get freaked out about about that. Whereas if you're swinging from the chandeliers with some dick you met on Tinder, it's like, right. well, well, who cares? It may exactly. As well. No, it's yeah. definitely. I, I will agree that it is probably easier to try those one-off experiences or whatever with someone that you don't have all the type. Well, married sex is a whole other topic. So yes, when there's less emotions around, is he going to like me? Is he going to call me? Is she going to accept me for all this stuff? And you can just be like, hey, we're never going to see each other again. This is fun. That could be a, uh, that is a great way to do it. But if you, if you're with someone too, when you get married and you have kids and there's by, but you mean by water and the bridge, there's just so much that also that is built up baggage. It builds, it builds, it builds, there's resentments and you're like, I don't even want to try, you know, yeah. having sex outside while the neighbors watch anymore with him or like, right. You know, Cause then he's going to be like for the next two weeks. That's all I'll be thinking about it or they'll be talking about it. Or right. Or, just, or, wait, or if you throw it in the person's face, like, well, remember when I fucked you in the backyard? Right. Like, exactly. What Was about it, that? that for, exactly. There's so much more. And so it is harder, but that's why I would see that couples need to start talking about sex early on in the relationship. Absolutely. Because you, it's always amazing the first six months of every relationship, or the first year. You're like, well, what, I think couples should prepare for like, what's going to happen? You know, we don't want this to happen. I don't want to be that couple that doesn't, neither do you. Okay, great. So what are we going to do to keep it going? How are we going to start this talk now, if possible? And still, also yeah. to have an idea about whether you're actually well-matched sexually. Right, right. I mean, people get married... I'm not going to say I'm speaking personally here, no, but I might not. be. People get married and they don't have the conversations. Now, some people get married and they never even really discuss whether they want to have kids Most, well, or yeah. where they want to live or really bizarre basic stuff where the person says, I don't want children. And the other person goes, oh, well, you'll change your mind. And they just go through and think that that's going to happen let alone something to do with sexuality and stuff that people are reticent to talk about. So how do we get people to, I mean, I wrote, uh, I wrote something about what's your sex number. And it's a way that people can look at uh, where they stand on a scale from one to seven, one being socks on, lights off, Sunday afternoon, 18 minutes by the numbers, right. fuck. Wouldn't call it a fuck. Uh, would call it lovemaking or right. whatever you want to call it. And to seven, which is like more really intense pain, BDSM, what some people believe would be sex addiction, mm -hmm. which again is a very controversial idea right. of whether sex addiction even exists. We could talk about that, mm -hmm. by the way. And then you look at something like that together and you go, well, where are you on the scale? And it's like, okay, if you're a two and the dude or the woman is a six, well, you got some stuff to discuss. Exactly. I, I absolutely agree with you. And I feel like there needs to be... You know, you're saying couples or some couples, yes, they don't talk about kids. They don't talk about anything. They're not, they don't talk about where they want to live. And I always say, if you are in a relationship, though, and let's say you are talking about, you know, you want to live in the country or the city, you want, you know, you're planning for your 401k and the kids education, you should put sex right on that top priority list. Before you're talking about any of this other stuff, sex is to be like, and how, we, what, what, how do people about sex before we even get to all that stuff? Because sex is like 
it is true if there could be some, and there are like different tests you could take and like, like, do we both like this? But there should be some sort of matching. You should have all this things out. Like if you know that you have a fetish, for example, fetish, they don't go away. Like if you're a guy with right. a foot fetish and you're like hiding this from your way, I get these emails all the time. Yes. And you think it's going to go away or, you know, your desire to have a threesome or her desire to be spanked. And you're with a guy who is like, I could never touch a woman. It makes me feel of my sister who was abused. Yeah. You guys are not going to match, but you're not going to find this out for like, oh, till you're living together, maybe, or till you have a kid or a year and a half. Or down 10 the years in. So yeah. if there could be some, like, and I just think it's really just having the conversation about what are you into? Like, it doesn't have to be some com- complex thing, although, like, a great app would be fun when you're like, I've had these ideas for like match. And there are things like this that exist. Like, right. there's, um, Forms you can fill out to see if you match and um, what your kinks, you know, meter. Would you try this? Would you not try that? But I do think that it's so uncomfortable for people to talk about because sex is still so taboo that they've never even had a conversation, real conversation with them, most people, about with themselves about their own sexuality. Right, that to exactly. Say to their partner, let's talk about it. It just seems like, you know, it's the most painful thing. Ever. You know, then I'll be judged. It would have, then I have to talk about what I want and either a lot of women don't know what they want. So they think when he asks, and I'm, again, I'm speaking heterosexual terms, of course, they're everyone, gay, single, lesbian, whatever, but you're transgender. Straight, bi, transgender, whatever, yeah. You have got to get this out because it's just like you, it, it will not work down the road, especially like mismatched libidos. That's a huge question. Huge. I People are like, he, she wants sex seven times a week. I only want it twice. You can work with that and you can have compromises, but there's other things too that you just, why not figure this out now? Like why not at the beginning, not like how much fun you have traveling together and you're, you love going to Paris, but like how is your sex life? How is it going to be in the long term? How do you both like, what are you excited about? And if your partner's just like, I'm not that into sex, I've had enough sex in my life and I could take it or leave it. And you're like, wow, I really want to, you know, go get it like a red room and like some bondage gear and yeah. 50 shades of gray. Then you guys should talk about By this. the way, 50 shades of gray was the most vanilla thing that I've ever oh, seen. Ever. I was like, when did the sex happen? I missed it completely. Are I mean, you was kidding there sex me? in this movie? Nothing. Not yeah. even a pulse. Nothing. Terrible. I yeah. know. I agree. But the good thing about 50 shades of gray was what it got people talking and yes. it got people you it know, got it more into the mainstream. Yeah, mainstream, yeah. Midwest, so where I'm from. People were like, yeah. oh, women are reading. And the husband's like, what's she reading? Let's have sex. Whatever yeah. it did, if it stimulated your mind in any way, good. But there's a lot of better stuff out there. That there is. The Master of O. Master of O. Yeah. yeah. He was on my show. I love him. Yes, um, I saw that. Yes, too. Yeah. Yeah, that looks like a and great I book. I haven't read it yet. Yes. But I've been masturbating to the story of O since I was like 13. Oh, me too. 13. It's like literally on my coffee table. I spilled green juice on it yesterday. I was upset. My first <laughs> coffee. But um, mine doesn't even have a, a cover on it anymore. It has plenty of other stains inside. I'm sure but, that's awesome. And now I don't, I mean, I haven't needed to use it for years. I can just think of like you just passages think of the story and phrases. Of I love it. You just sit, sit and get, think and get off. Yeah. So if I'm counseling somebody and for 45 minutes, she's like, you know, we have sex, but there's something missing and I'm not really sure. And maybe he could be a little bit more take charge. And then 45 minutes in to an hour session, I go, what kind of porn do you watch? And she says, public disgrace, humiliation. <laughs> right. And it's like, oh, wait, there might be a clue here. Now, it doesn't mean that necessarily whatever porn you watch is exactly, exactly. what you want to do. It might be stuff that you absolutely know you will never but do. But it's a jumping off point. It's good information. It's good information. Right. And a lot of women don't know. A lot of women and men, they don't, they don't even spend the time thinking about what hurts. They just say no. So that's why you got to start exploring. But and she knew, but 
read books, watch different kinds of porn. Is that what right. you were going to? You were saying like yes. women don't know. Exactly. Like even though she kind of even knew more than a lot because she watched porn. Right. Some at women least. don't even don't even like read a story of oh, they don't they don't think about what turns them on, whether it's thoughts, whether it's picture vision, you know, pictures, visions of things that happened in the past. They don't even know how to get settled enough in their mind to even figure it out. And why do you think that is? Because I do not believe that men are hornier than women. Oh, I do not believe that. No, that's, a, that's not true. There's nothing, none of this is true. All this stuff like, oh, men only want sex. No, none of it's true. I believe it. There's, I hear from just as many women as I do men that they want more sex than their partners or they feel hornier. Yeah, I agree. I learned that earlier because I believe that when I started my show, I thought, I, there's a lot of stuff I, I believe men wanted sex more. I'll, and then I'm like, no. I learned in the first year of interviewing, like I did like, you know, I've done 2,000 podcasts now, but probably the first year I did a bunch, I was like, there is no way that is true. But it, and you keep going on and on and on. It's just about your case by case basis. It's like women, I know so many horny women. So many sense. horny women, especially around our age. Like what? Because once you get in your 40s, I mean, you don't give a shit anymore. Right. You it's are not concerned like this is hanging out here. This doesn't have its media approved perkiness. Like you don't give a shit. It's all about the pleasure, giving it, taking it, enjoying it. And it's a wonderful thing about being in your 40s. Do you think that that's what stops women, that it's uh, something to do with the images that we're fed or like the women think they're fat? How am I going to look in bed? Or I feel like it's very complicated, but what do you There's think so, it is? You know, um, that's a great question. Um, I think, well, it has to do with education. It has to do with, a lot of it has to do with like maybe shame, childhood, definitely, you know, uh, messages from the home, religion, feeling that sex is something bad, um, believing these things that if you ask as a woman, we're talking about women now, right? If you're right. a woman, if you're asked for what you want in bed, that your partner's going to judge you, you're going to be seen as a slut, or you're going to be seen as someone who has had too much to experience. Um, you, you don't think that, you assume that just because you have never had an orgasm or don't have pleasure, you never will. Or maybe you always had pain during sex, so you assume that's how it is. Right. Or you assume that you you just make assumptions around what you've already experienced is what sex is, and you don't ever take it further to. Um, again, it's like I always say, it's like homework. It's like it's like learning a new skill, but it's like any other skill. You you don't think like you know what? I'll take twenty minutes for myself. I'll lock the door, and I'm going to make this. That's why I have like the thirty day masturbation. It's masturbation month. It by is the way. masturbation. Happy month. masturbation month. Oh, so happy I, masturbation month to you with your big toy closet. Yeah, you lucky. Thing. I know. I got, but I've also no. I mean, I kid. I, I give you know we. They're my. I give them away to people. We try them in the office. I want not a womanizer. Together. Oh yeah, I'll get. I'll get you one. Those things. Sound oh my fascinating. god, it's amazing. It's yeah. like the clit whisperer. The it's clit like whisperer. What, it's like if your clit would talk, it, it would say, "This is exactly what I want." Yeah, this clit whisperer. I'm all it's about a it. It's a cool toy. But I was saying for masturbation month, I was thinking. Um, I tell women like thirty day, or men thirty day masturbation challenge. We're doing this on my website with giveaways, but it's like you could. 20 minutes, you're going to, even if you hate porn, you think it's all, find something that might interest you and like watch porn for five minutes, read erotica, um, sit and think of like, you know, you're the most sexual moment you've ever had, write down a second, you know, sexy, uh, sexy bucket list. If you have a partner, take sex off the table and do like mutual intercourse, right. like mutual masturbation so you can learn what you both like. I mean, yeah. there's so many ways, but I, the reason why I think, and also body, I think a lot of women and men were very concerned about, yeah, our bodies, that your partner's going to judge you, that we're never perfect enough and women just, we worry. And it's like, guys are not, if they're attracted to you, they're in bed with you. They are not looking at what you think to be like some dimple on your butt or something. And not only are they not looking at it, it can be more exciting for exactly. them. Like that weird flaw, like she's so exactly. hot, she has that little limp. Right. And it's exactly. like something that exactly. you think is like so repulsive. I but love the guy's her web like, feet. Right. She's kind of like, 
you know, it just adds to the attraction. It's a weird thing. So what it all comes down to then mm. is what we're saying is, is it, it is about our own confidence and our own perception of it. What if you're like, I've got this dimple on my butt and it is the sexiest thing and mm-hmm. I'm going to wear underwear that shows it and I'm going to rock it when I do a strip tease when I walk in there. I'm going to rub it and it's I own it. Do you know how sexy that little thing on your butt looks, uh-huh. you know, to your partner? Because it's all about how you accept your own self and your body because nobody is judging you as hard as you are. No one does. We don't, we don't we judge ourselves much harder than everyone else. But you know what I'm seeing, which I think is really interesting about male sexuality, is that men have been taught to be gentlemen. Okay, there's a whole generation of men, and I've dated all across the board generationally. Uh, you too? Do you date younger guys? I, not that much younger, but um, no yeah. millennials. No millennials. I uh, I just wouldn't find it interesting. What it's I, a I, fascinating thing. Dating I should I should just for research. Give I mean, it a shot. And it's not that I've been like <laughs> no to millennials. I just haven't had the I haven't like many one where I've been like yeah we should bang no. But I would. I mean, tell me about it. Do they well, know what they're doing? The thing that that's bizarre is well, first of all, yes, they do know what they're doing. However. It's what they learn in porn, though. Like, do they really know? Exactly. It's like, do you know what you're doing physically, mechanically to create the theater of the act? Yes. They've been watching porn since they were way too young. And a lot of the time it's warped their idea of perhaps what real sex looks like. However, to get really deeply into your body, and again, this is a very long conversation, is I think it takes uh, a lot of years. But don't underestimate the millennials' ability to fuck, right, intern Kazra? Are okay. you a millennial? He's a millennial. Right. I'm sure you're awesome in bed. I didn't mean to judge your whole generation. <laughs> I'm um, actually going to um, interview him about his sex life uh, in an upcoming show. Oh, I and can't wait to hear it. So we will find out. No, everything. I'm not. I don't mean that all millennials. That is a terrible thing to say. No, no, just, it didn't sound I mean like is, you were saying that. But what I'm saying is also is a lot of guys I know who sleep with the women too, and they're tw- these are the my guy friends. Like I feel like I'm having sex with them, and they're. They're acting out like they're like a emulating they're, yeah, a fantasy. I feel yeah. like they are doing what they what they saw for. They're moaning that way. They're moving right. that way. But of course, there are people who are more sensitive to, to to sexuality and can understand it and study it and understand a woman's body at a younger age. Right. But I do think you said women. Why will we uh, after we have sex for a while and we get have more experience? I just think it has to also do with confidence and knowing. Like I wasn't as confident in the sense of. I didn't know my body as well in my 20s. I didn't know why sex could be so great for me too. Right. The other thing we learn as women is that it's more about pleasing the man. At least I was brought up with that. Like that my pleasure didn't really matter. And I, and you know, that's all the stuff where I'm like, I probably thought those kind of things. And I thought, well, he's getting, you know, whatever. It's just, I think there's, so yes, as you, you know. But the millennials, what's fascinating is a lot of those men, first of all, it is a shit ton of fun to teach them. And that's a whole other fun. I just feel like I do this all day. I teach men. I've taught millions, but never in my bedroom. And it's not a bad idea. What's interesting is that some of them, as well as getting those porn messages, they're also getting a message from mom or from the school or from the culture that says you treat a woman with respect. You know, there's very what few does homes mean now to them? in the... Exactly, exactly. I just need to see, what, do they open your door? What do you mean? But right. they jacket down in the street, walk on the right-hand side, what? what do but they do? what is the difference between treating a woman with respect and putting her on a pedestal and understanding that a woman is just as horny as you are and that a woman wants sex as much as you do and wants to give and get pleasure and not to break it apart into this one category called porn and all that dirty shit that those sluts do. And then here's my girlfriend, possibly the mother of my children, and she has to have a whole other kind of, oh, you know, Madonna horror kind oh, of thing. Oh, the Madonna horror thing. That's a so whole other show that makes yes. so 
combat. And it is just, if if you if you guys can get out of the Madonna whore thing, it is really just shooting yourself. Let's in the explain it like, to our oh, listeners in God, case they don't know what such, Madonna whore is. It gets me so angry, but yeah. I understand it. I send love. Okay. Madonna whore complex. You want to take it? I'll yeah. Take uh, it. You, you, take you it? could take it. You could take it. I'll fill in. It's just the difference between uh, being able to see a woman as all the things she is, that means that she's allowed to be sexual. She's about allowed to be the mother of your children. She's allowed to be also at the PTA meeting, but then you can take her home and you can bend her over the bed and fuck her. It, she doesn't have to be And the Madonna is more like the, not Madonna, Madonna, but like the right. religious spirit. Like she's the, the, the purity, the, purity the symbol of, of Madonna. Right. And the Virgin, and the, the, Virgin, the Virgin Mary, the Virgin Mary exactly. Yes, it comes Virgin, from religion and it infects from religion. the culture from religion. Madonna, yes. like, What's wrong with Madonna? Whore, I don't get it. Aren't they both the same? <laughs> um, so, right. Not it's, that Madonna. And they right. think that, that, that they're, that they have to have this pure, beautiful wife in a, in a white gown. But, but yeah. the woman that's going to do all the crazy stuff. And the woman that's going to like, in your mind, crazier, that's going to be your best lover could never be your wife. And she's on ex-hamster, that woman. And you give her six minutes of your time and it's efficient. And then you get back to the mother of your children. And it's like, to me, that's such a wasted opportunity. No, why not have it all? Yeah. And it it is interesting, but it's like, and and I get it though. They think, well, how could this person, because men also think very differently. Like, how could this person be a good mother how could I even look at her like the mother of my children or the woman I respect or sit across from her at my work dinner knowing that she just let me, you know, fuck her in the ass in right. front of uh, six of my friends or something, whatever you did. Right. That sounds like gangbang. Whatever I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But guess what? Like, because we're also, because we are so many things. Like why? I just, it's just this categorizing and this. Uh, the, limiting. It, limiting beliefs that we are just so, that we're all just, you know. When we we don't have so many levels to us, I don't think all men have that. No, they no. do not. No. But the I know I've never dated one. Obviously, I don't think it wouldn't not. work out. But no. I do know <laughs> I have guy friends who struggle with that, and I'm and I'm just like, okay, take a deep breath. This yeah, time. it's a little infuriating. It is a little bit infuriating. Right, because yeah. the women feel it. And then the women, that I also know the women who have been put in that Madonna thing, they're yeah. like, why won't he have crazy sex with me? I want it, and he won't. And I know he's watching porn and I know he's doing all these other things, but he just can't. It's very frustrating for a woman to be put in that situation. But for you, did you find that once you say 10 years ago, you say you started on this journey to really become a a doctor, a sex doctor. You're a sex doctor. I'm a sex doctor. Did you find that your drive went up the more that you understood, the more you knew? Yes, absolutely. Well, yeah, I've always had a high... Absolutely. My, my drive, my desire. Because I look at you and this is one thing that I can intuit. Can I intuit something yeah, about please, you? Yeah, please. Intuit all day. Intuit away. You have a very high sex drive. Yes. Like it shocks me that you only masturbated when you were 20 because I Maybe look at you. Maybe that's why I made up for it. I've been making up for it ever since. Oh, no. but I think you oh, are. Oh, but you look at I me think thinking like I would have been born. You're, yes, hypersexual because that's how I see you. Not necessarily. Uh, I see myself more as hypersexual, but uh, for for you, I see you as a woman who is has a super super high drive, like an unusual high drive. But what I also see is that you have either an on switch or an off switch with your sexuality, and maybe it's because you do it for work, so it's kind of become a little bit like. I thought it was really funny in your podcast when you mentioned that you were masturbating and taking notes as you were masturbating yeah. on the toy. 
Like I've reviewed sex toys as well, right. but usually I just kind of keep it in a corner of my no, mind. No, I'm super and then... anal, if you will. I'm always like, wait, I got to remember this. This is funny. This is a good way to explain the buttons that no one understands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, I understand that that kind of takes the fun out. Like even for me, like right after I orgasm from the toy, I got to write the thing. Like yeah. be, instead of being able to have my little postcoital moment with myself, I have to, you have to write out everything that you remembered. Right. But I feel like you have like an on switch and an off switch. And when you're not in that kind of zone, you're kind of like not in the zone and you're like, okay, I can talk about sex all day, but you're not going to be like, oh my God, I'm craving sex. But when you're in that high sex drive zone, you're just like, you live in it. Do you think that I fluctuate that zone throughout the day or you mean months? Like no, I mean like months. Yeah. 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 Well, this is the first, I don't know. Yeah. This Months is the first time. No, this is the first time I've had like a few, I guess I, I was dating someone and it ha, it's funny. I've been remarking that this is the first time I've, the last like two months, I've just been really not focused on relationships or dating. At least I'm, I'm always dating somebody or I'm in a relationship or there's just somebody that I'm seeing one, not like a serious right. thing, but, and I haven't even been interested yeah. at all, but this has that's not. What I'm, that's what I'm, I'm picking up. But, but it's just because I think. And it's been great. And it's what I've always thought I should do. But it just, then there's a guy, then I meet someone or something happens. Right. But I've been working on a lot of other things, which I feel is ramping up my sex drive again another way. But just work, I've been working on like myself and I'm always working myself, but like I'm moving houses, redoing, like building the business and. Setting up the infrastructure exactly. to get your next great fuck. Exactly. Not that they're not, there's options, but yeah, I've been a little just, but I wouldn't say that's a common thing for me though. I think I'm usually really into whoever I'm dating. And but like a lot, right? Like quantity. What does that mean though? Quantity. Okay. So let's say you hear on the scale of, of people that you talk to who have a high drive or a low drive. And let's say people who are married say sex once every 10 days is acceptable for a married couple. Okay. So I'm not talking about a normal, normal, quote unquote, normal drive for a married couple. But let's say in a relationship, people are like, oh, we can have sex twice a week, right? Something like that. Two times a week, three times a week. I feel like you're somebody who's more like, okay, twice or three times, like a day. No, like if you're really I'm not into like that. Somebody. No, I'm not like that. No? I mean, I, yes, the first few weeks, few months, maybe twice a day. If you, when you see them, you do it. Yeah, but not. Because you don't have time? Or? I, I just, I, God, you know, okay, well, I guess the last, well, it depends. Like, but then I'll be dating guys. I've dated so many different iterations of men, but I've had relationships where like I didn't see them for a while. Or like they lived like whatever, you know, LA, like they were down, they were right. an hour the away, side, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And then I would see him, but with like all weekend long, I'd see him like for four days and that all weekend long, we'd have sex like yeah, 10 yeah, times. Yeah. But it's the in day-to-day life when I'm with someone, maybe once, probably don't, once but, then, but then on the weekends a few times, but it's, and I don't have time. I think I don't actually, I work my ass off all, I work a lot and I need to make more time for for sex. No, I am. Um, You're so busy. No, talking but I don't about think that I'm. Up, I'm not like over. No, but I definitely am always up for it. Like I never say no. Like I'm always up for something sexually, but it's not like I need to. I don't have that. Like I need to need to. Right. But I will. I will. But I'm not walking around thinking about it all day, even though I'm talking about it all day. Even when you're talking about it all day. No, it's like so separate. It's so funny. It doesn't even. I have moments on my show when I'm interviewing someone or something will happen because that's when I feel like I'm really in the zone and focused except for right now I think I hope I have I'm just I haven't been sleeping because I'm moving so it's been really weird so hopefully this is all linear but I have moments on my show where someone will say something I hope it's not linear I hope it's not linear but I hope hope it's not like anything that you've ever said before it is all new stuff it's all new all new details but I feel that um I don't even know what I was saying I was telling you that I um 
Making Actually, time for yourself. Yeah. Oh, talking during a show and suddenly you get horny. Oh, Is that what you're about to yeah, say? Yeah, but we were doing like <laughs> Madison and I, my producer, we were sitting in its masturbation month. So we've got tons of stuff planned and like our giveaways and we were writing about stuff. And it was funny because Ken, my vice president, was in town. From, he was listening and, and we're just literally talking about like, so, okay, this day we'll meet to a masturbation. And like I said, we've got to explain. I, was, I think I was answering a press piece too about like the G spot. Like, you know, two fingers inside, but they could also do the thing with the lube where they rub it around. And I'm just talking and I'm doing other things and he's just like, and, and he's looking, I'm like, are you getting turned on by this? Because I was like, listen, if she wraps her labia, she could take her labia, put them together, and then she could rub it over. She's, her clitoris is too sensitive. And we're like, and then I'm, and it was, to me, it was not sexual, but I could understand him listening. He's like, yeah. whoa. And Madison's just like writing it down. I'm like, no, this is what we do all day. So that was not sexual because I could talk about it. That is hilarious. I know. So I don't, but I do love like great sex and I love, you know, vacations with a guy and I love all my toys. I mean, I really do. It's funny. My assistant. Now I need a new one. And if you're a really good fucking assistant, if you're not, don't call me. But on my calendar, because like, part of my job is like, I do try toys and I only, or products or brands or lubes because I really want. You're passionate like, I would, about it. And I would it. never tell you to buy anything or use anything that I haven't used. Right. So it's like, I get, you know, you're like, oh God, I got to like read these books for work. I got to pay the bills. I'm like, I have 16 toys next to my bed charged. So like I had my system like Tuesday night, try the new womanizer, like Wednesday, try the Wevi Plus. It's a joke because I don't ever, I'm like, oh fuck, I didn't masturbate last night, but that's what stresses me out. Yeah, I yeah. Too. But I don't always take, like I actually enjoy that. I'm like, wow, what can I learn from this toy? How is this clitoral toy different than that one? There are so many of them and I know it's overwhelming for people, but there must be something about this one. And it's true. You could always find, so that to me is like fun. I'm not and like, how does that, and what does so that tell you? the note is easy. Like about, the notes are just like, oh, this would be a funny way to say it. It's not like a stressful note taking Right, situation. right, it's right. Like, oh my God. It's kind of like a little, like, like it's like the, it has like a little mouse on the toy. nibbling yeah, on right, it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I get, no, I've gotten plenty sexual, but I don't think I have this crazy, like I wake up and I, if I'm not with someone, I'm like, why can't I bang someone? Right. right now? That's why I say that there's a, an off switch. Because like Do for you, me, are you like always I'm, on? I'm hypersexual. Always. You I'm, this is the one. The thing about me too is that I I suffer from depression and have since I was seven. I wrote a book about it. Um, when you were no, seven. Continue. Yes, oh. when I was seven. That was my first book. Um, like, Mom will get me. Mommy, a dog. I'm going to kill myself. Right. That was my first book. Right. Um, <laughs> exactly. But the thing is that that that's bizarre about me is that I have had a high sex drive. You know how they talk about depression, like one of the side effects is a low sex drive. Yes, and, and, and by meds. the way, that's perfectly normal. And if you're listening to this right now and you're like, I'm depressed, I don't want to fuck. No, that's I understand. Fine. We could talk we about that too. That. That's a whole nother. Uh, yeah, because that's the bummer when you are depressed or you get on meds and the side effects are right. Guess what? You can be really happy, but you won't have a sex drive. Right. Know? It's like, and some women, and this is coming back to and your point before woman, yeah. about what you talk about before you have sex and what you're willing to accept. It's like some people do talk about it. Some people are aware, couples are aware that they have mismatched sex drives and they see it as like an adult compromise. Exactly. Like, okay, That's well, this is just a part of my psyche or a part of my being, it turns out, that I'm just going to kind of compartmentalize over here so that I can have this nice trips to Paris with somebody. And when it comes to things like fetishes and things like BDSM, which I believe are in someone's DNA, I don't think that you can do that. It's basically like filing off pieces of yourself to make somebody else comfortable. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. Especially with fetishes. Fetishes are like something that you are, it's a requirement you must have that thing present when you have. It's the same sex. with BDSM. But, absolutely. Uh, BDSM, Are if you, you get kinky? Into, but yeah, I'm kinky. I'm kinky. Sure. But have you ever had like a DS relationship? Like, um, a, like full on, no. Dominant submissive relationship? No, 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 no. I have not had like a 
that's was all that was all that it was. No. But and are you I, a are you a D or an S? I'm an S. Or, Oh, I, 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 Emily's a little ass. I just am too dominant everywhere else. I'm like, just take over. It's hot. Please take um, over. But yeah. I'm, for the love of God. Really? Yeah. No, I'm an ass for sure. Submissive. I mean, but I've played it with everything. I don't know that it's a DNA thing. I think that it's the kind of thing with BDSM that you could, you could be, you not even know that you, you know, that you're into it and experience it and be like, oh yeah, I, I like this part of it. I don't need it to the extreme. I don't need a red room of pain, but I kind of like a little spanking. Like, I don't know right. that that's, but you're meaning, you mean the lifestyle, like somebody who's. Actually, it's funny that you say that because I think that there is a big difference between someone whose lifestyle and somebody who just does BDSM. Dabbles. Because right. no, 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 oh. no. Cause there's dabbles. And then there's also somebody who's living fully into BDSM, doing any one of those acronyms at any number of those acronyms at any one time, but they don't have to go to a club and like put on arseless chaps and whip somebody on a rack in front of people because that's a different kind of turn on. But there's plenty of people in their houses who are doing BDSM and who feel like it's a DNA Absolutely. Right. Like they can't live without it. Absolutely. Yeah. And those are the, and if they're in a relationship with someone who doesn't match that, right. that's a problem. But I want to go back to something you said about people who are filing off parts of themselves. Please. Saying, okay, well, I can't have BDSM, so I'm, I'm not going to be able to watch porn with my partner. That's, that might be really hard if it is something like a BDSM. But if you're in a relationship, you're thinking, God, Emily, we didn't talk about it. We're 10 years in and I don't know what to do. He wants He never sex. goes down on me. Exactly. Or, yeah. Love, it, it is not, lo- it is not over. Like there, there is compromises in relationships around sexuality and around sex that, that work. Yes. So you might think like, well, you know, I'm not really into having a threesome, let's just say, but we could talk about it. We could watch threesome. This is a very mild, like, watch threesome porn or a typical thing is he wants sex every day or she wants sex every day and he only wants twice a week. Well, that's not working. So maybe you decide there is a day and it sounds really unsexy, but like on Saturdays, we act in that extra day. So you both feel like you're getting your, your needs at, or my partner won't go down on me. Like, like talk about why, I mean, cause that stuff, you know, you need, but again, it can get better. It can improve. You can shape your sex life. It's, it's like never too late to work on it if you have a willing partner and that's what you got to find out. I just love that you're saying this right now because this is part of why I'm so passionate about sex education and talking about finding out what, what, what can be done because there are so many marriages and relationships and families that are broken up because of this. Exactly. And it can really be just such a wonderful avenue for more connection and more intimacy. And if people can, if the, if you can find somebody, maybe it's Emily, maybe it's me, maybe it's somebody else entirely. There are many, many people who can help you go into those areas and figure out not only a compromise where you both feel like you got fucked, but not right. in a good way, right? but really a way that you can love, get like your, like your needs new, right. met. Like a new it's love possible. roadmap, like a new sexual roadmap that you can build with your partner. Like look at it as something that's really like exciting and challenging and will grow your relationship because couples that, 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 you know, any couple's going to stagnate, not just around sex, but around a lot of things. So look at it this, like, it's not like, Oh God, we got to tune up our sex life. No, look at it. Like, wow, we could enter this whole new world of pleasure and connected and intimate enhanced intimacy in a way that we never thought was possible before. And you get on board together. It's like learning a new sport together, but it's sex so much it's more fun. It's very exciting. Very exciting. And I'm really glad that you brought up love and I love, also that you said 
the roadmap to love. See, you just shit these ideas, Emily, seriously. Do you just wake up shitting great ideas? I, I do. No, I don't. I didn't even know that. You was wake a, up squirting great ideas. I do. I do squirt great ideas. I do every day. It's amazing. Do you That's squirt? why I was late. Do you squirt? Um, uh, I do, I've been known to, yes. Fucking you? fantastic. You know, I think I might have the other day, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I mean, I don't squirt. I gush. That's one thing. I, I'm, a, I'm a kind of a gusher. I've seen someone squirt like right in front of me and it's a very different kind of a kind right. of a propulsion kind of thing that right, happens. Exactly. That was a little sound effect that I did there that was not added in post. I actually made that sound effect you right did. then. So I felt like maybe a week ago I had an experience where I was like, ooh, that seemed like that was what that was. But some of my friends who are squirters, they say that once they started, they can never stop that there's no off switch but then like how do you masturbate in your car how do you yeah no at the lights, there has to be it's me? all about you know it's about, it's about doing kegels too kegels are huge for women i'm telling yeah. you I, and men but i don't understand there, there's so much misinformation for that around women as well after after childbirth right um as you get old your your pelvic floor will weaken over time and so for a lot of women who think their squirters are gushing it's just because their pelvic floor muscles aren't tight if you do your exercise five minutes a day I've got, I mean, now there's like keggle balls you can wear. There's, um, yeah. Go to my website. I've got time. I have this one toy that does it for you. Like you for five minutes, like electrostimulation. The point yeah. is those muscles will weaken. And when those muscles weaken, oftentimes you'll experience some kind of like squirting or gushing or the inability to control those muscles. But once they strengthen and it, literally it's five, you'll feel it. You'll have stronger orgasms and you could control that. The gut, if you don't want to gush, you can do that as well can help so that. you don't think that there's like with squirting that there's just like an on switch and then once you start squirting you always squirt because some of my girlfriends say yes and so all my girlfriends are squirters by the way i don't know what that is i think but they, they could all, learn and they show me videos to, all the time yeah it's just but i thing. think you could i mean i don't know i think that they so you don't squirt out. when you masturbate or you do I mean, no, that's sometimes messy isn't that yeah, messy? yeah it is sometimes yeah. I, don't, I don't want to flip no. that switch and no, always no, no, have i cannot that. i cannot squirt when i masturbate i typically don't Oh, okay. That's good to know. Yeah. So I think it's a control thing and it's a, um, it's really just like learning how to like clench a muscle. So you, you don't, I mean, yeah. I don't know though. I don't want to say, I don't, I'm not, I'm not like a, a phys- I don't know like a medical doctor. Like I didn't look at their vaginas and I don't know what's going on, but uh-huh. I think we could study one after this. Yeah, totally. But I think that they could, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why they're squirting all the time. Well, there's also a, good time. a thing about, uh, um, when, when you're about to squirt, you feel a lot of women feel like they're about to pee and that's why they stop it. And right. so if you can just get through that little feeling that you're like about to pee, like that's why I'm pretty orgasm. sure I just, I just, uh, had that one because I was one. like, oh yeah. And I've been like avoiding it because I didn't want to have the mess. Right. Well, it's messy. Oh my God. It's very it's, messy. It's so messy. Like, yeah. You need like, I mean, it's hot, but it's messy. Oh my God. I just had, a, <laughs> I had a dream last night. <laughs> I just remembered of my, of like my first boyfriend in high school going uh-huh. down on me. Uh-huh. And this is, this is so funny with goggles on. <laughs> And the reason why I remembered that is because on Loveline, oh my God, this is so funny. I'm dying. And I was like, Mark? Like, he's like a doctor now. He's married. I'm like, what? What do you do? They were like red goggles. Because one of the jokes on Loveline, when we talked about Loveline, was that Dr. Drew and Mike Catherwood were that. And Mike Catherwood one time had Joanna Angel on. Do you know who she yes, is? Yes, of course. She's she, wonderful. She's wonderful. She, and he did like a squirtathon with her, and he wore goggles, and she like squirted on his face. And he's like, but I wore goggles. And for some reason that, that came into my mind that he was, I had, I just remembered this. Yes. In this moment that, that he was wearing goggles because she squirted all over him. 
and so did my boyfriend in my dream. I'm like, I wasn't even squirting them. Why do you need goggles? You didn't even go down on me. That was my whole thing. So um, in my dream. But um, but uh, squirting. So it's only, up, it is only messy. Only Emily's dreams are... I have to remember uh, that. Sex too. dreams are... Uh, that I dreamt that? I forget yes. everything. So yes. no, but um, the thing I was going to say about squirting is it is messy. Sex is messy, okay? Yes. Sex can be messy. It can be dirty. Please it can, and just get used to this idea of sex being bloody, messy. sexy, dirty, messy. You might have changed Fluids. Sheets. Fluids. Everywhere coming out of every orifice, like, yeah, it's fine. Like it's hot. If you can, and I don't know if that's DNA. So you were like, that's just gross. A woman bleeds. Like I'm out. I don't know that you. I can think teach that, that that can be taught, and that actually comes around to what I was saying about put towels love. down. Yeah, go because when it's love, that is what makes it hot. That's what makes it exciting. Is not that somebody the came at the, the mess exactly or all of it, all of it. <laughs> Because it becomes about all of that. It becomes about looking at her face and seeing her at that level of abandon and looking at his face and seeing him in a way that nobody in life see, gets to see that face. But why is that love? Can't that just be like lust or in some intimacy or really close with someone? They can't look you in the eye that way too? And if- well, I'm, I mean, I, I'm saying- my view of this has changed more recently. <gasps> Are probably. you in love? I am in love. Like a real con- a safe, intimate connection with someone. Because love is just- I Does love know. seem it, it, an impossible No, term? love is amazing. It just loves us right. so much. Like, well, I, I could just think about people that, like, I wasn't in love with, but I had really great, like, connected, intimate sex with. Yes, absolutely. But I understand that the concept of love, of being with someone that you really love and trust, and, you're, and I think of you're with them for, for time and it can grow, and, like, love yeah. is amazing. But I think, you know, of course, and aspirational for many Everyone wants, and I have love. I love, you know what I'm saying? But I'm just saying in relationships, I just mean you could have that without, I don't know, whatever your definition of no, love. You're I know in love exactly right now. what you're saying. I know okay, you exactly know what you're saying, though, because I also didn't want to become the person who was then like, you know, what am I going to come around to the other side and be like, well, you should be in love before you have sex because this is so far superior to the experience you've been having. No, I've had incredible hair curling, that's why my hair is curly, sex with people I knew almost nothing about right. and cared very little about other than sexually in that moment. And that stuff is fine too. But what I want to kind of get underneath a little bit with you, because you are such an expert and joking aside, besides your own personal hands-on experience, <laughs> mouth-on experience, just from everything you know, and from all the people who've approached you for help, is this idea that it has to be some kind of sanitized, kind of perfect episode that has like a beginning, a middle and an end. It's like you say, it's like you can feel love all the time. You can feel sex all the time. You right. can live in that world. Yeah, you can live in a sexual world. So do you mean beginning, middle, end of the sex act or of a yes. relationship? God, of the sex I mean, act. I think that sex should be something that, I mean, I would love to ban the word. I mean, even though I love foreplay, but why are we divided all into like foreplay and, and intercourse and PVs. I mean, so just, true. it's all part of the experience. And that's, that's why I even, when I'm saying foreplay, guys are always like, well, how long do I need to do foreplay? Like, I'm not <laughs> giving you a formula. You know, like, like my co-host men's like, how long do I have to do the, 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 I'm like 18 minutes. No, I was like, what? I don't have time. I mean, every time I'm like 25, but it just, I just to divide it into like, I mean, cause the thing about foreplay is that for women, it's not just like this, like suggestion. We're not like, hey, it would be nice. It's like a requirement for not that yeah. men, do, but I think we can get men on board too to realize that they love it as much, and some do. But we need to be turned on. We are slow cookers. Men are frying pans. You're already ready to go. We we love that part. Like we love it, and that could also turn into 
intercourse, then go back to the foreplay and the kissing and all that. So it's an expansive, absolutely. It, you sh- it should not be only experienced as a, at this linear beginning, middle, end. Although I understand also couples who are very busy and have kids and they're like, I wish I could lay all bed and have, in bed all day for two hours and have like luxurious sex with my partner, but we don't have that time. So I guess for some people, sex has to be that for sometimes. And you can make a deal. You can make a deal if maybe one of those times you could have no foreplay if you have a really good lube yeah. with no parabens that would disrupt your... Uh, I want a lube on every goddamn nightstand. Listen. In America. Why not? Right? It's amazing. It's such a stigma. What and, lube and, do you recommend? I love so much lube. I love Sliquid. I, I like Sliquid. I like yeah. Pure. Yeah. PJUR. It's really good. I like um, System Joe. Um, I like just, yeah. I like Pure and I like Sliquid. And don't put that nasty made in China don't shit on your vagina, please. It, at Walgreens. Yeah, um, don't do that. For your vagina. With the smells and everything months. that are going to disrupt yeah. the pH. Spend bottles no. on a good lube. And because because studies have shown that that women who use lube, and I'm not talking about like you need to pour a bunch of goo, but right. you rub a little bit like I was saying. Just hanging a little out, bit. Right or inside. And I'm telling you just the slipperiness, even though yeah. you might already be wet, doesn't mean you're not wet. Yeah. It will enhance your experience so that you are more likely, women especially to have orgasms and men experience more pleasure. And there's like this stigma, like, oh, God, she's dry. I didn't turn and spring out the lube. You know, no, yeah, or discomfort. No, no. Anyway, Ronda Rousey didn't help that, but that's all no, right. No, I know she didn't. That's all right. She can't oh, be all things so to all people. She's not a sex educator. We I know all what got she's saying. Like, it's only women who are Yeah, like pussies, so you're not, you're not, you know, you're not, you're not. You know, manly enough. Let me I don't say know, this. What is that? Oh, the wet, here's the way. Is women's, okay, if you're wet, oh, Okay, a woman's wetness is not an indicator of how turned on she is. You can be very Bingo. turned on and not wet at all, or you could be wet, not tra- the whole thing. And a because man's body- hardness is not an indication exactly. of how turned on he is. Exactly. It's, just, it's not because you gained three pounds that he couldn't get a boner tonight. Or whatever women think. <laughs> we blame ourselves for everything. He didn't, couldn't come. No, he probably drank too much whiskey. It doesn't matter, but we all blame ourselves, and that's not what it's about. Just, like, look at these tools as, like, because we're all in our own heads where we don't want to be failures, lovers or anything. But no, right. this stuff helps you, enhances your love life. Anyway, lube. Lube. Where were you before that? And mess. And mess. And love. I didn't mean to truncate love. Have you Talk been in love? Have you been in love? I, did, I just totally truncated. I truncated and tramped all over your love. I, no. <laughs> I didn't mean to. I just love the way you called love aspirational. That made me sad. No. For, oh, for me? I mean, for many yeah. people. No, no, no. All right. Oh, I've been in love. Oh. You've been in love. I meant an aspirational, like loving relationship where you love that person and you're looking into each other's eyes and having amazing sex for many people is, that's what we all want. So yes. I meant, I didn't mean like, and, and for, I've had it. I've yeah. not had it. I've had it. I've not had it. So for me, am I looking for one ultimate aspirational love? Right. That would be nice, but it's not my, I, I don't know what's going to happen in my life. I think I'm just open. I don't, I don't believe it should be any one way. So. Well, for the record, my ex-husband wants to meet you. Oh. He said repeatedly, oh, you're seeing Emily. Oh, did, did, can you meet? So you might be my new, the mother of my children. The oh new my stepmother God. Of Have my I children. met him? Does he do? Are I you know? open to dating someone with kids? <laughs> yeah. In fact, no, not your husband, but I, I don't know. Him. Ex, ex. Ex-husband. No, but I absolutely. I think that that's kind of where I'm at now because uh-huh. I've never, I've never personally wanted to have children, but I love children. By and the so, way, great move on your part. Great move. I just always knew. I was like, I don't, I used to think I don't know biological, biological clock and maybe I don't know what it is. I'm thinking, but I'm open if it happens. And it's like, didn't happen, but I, I love children and I, um, yes, I think I so would be great So you would date someone with kids? Absolutely. Oh yeah, I have. 
I love it. I mean, I love, I have three nieces. I'm obsessed with it. I have two godchildren. I just, on my own, the kids, I have so much, such a full life. It just wasn't happening with my path. But. Do you think it's just so ironic though that- That you're fixing me up with your ex-husband. Yes, there's oh. that. Th- this whole thing was just a ruse to get you a new assistant and to get my Good. ex-husband a new wife. Okay. No, but I, I do want to, I, I want to end with this because I think this is really interesting because you spend all day talking about sex and everywhere you go and you talk about sex and then you have the other side of the spectrum, which is people who do not want to talk about sex. They want to completely banish it and yet they're having um, 15 children at a time and it's like somebody's fucking over there because you're having 10 tons of children and then it comes out that like sexual improprieties are going on. You know specifically who right. I'm talking to about. I right. don't have to get specific. But let's just say that side of the spectrum that says there should be no conversation about sex. And it's whenever religion then gets kind of blended yeah. into that in a nice cornucopia of dysfunction. But I do think that for those of us who are interested in sex and obsessed with it, I think that the love part does kind of go missing a little bit. And it becomes a little bit about what I call sex theater, which is how it looks and the idea of a person as opposed Mm. to the messy reality. So what would you impart for your parting words? Mm -hmm. What would you impart to our listeners to say, what is that connection? Because for some people, the more in love with someone you are, the less you can have sex with them. Exactly. So how do you keep both of those things simultaneously alive? Because to me, I think it requires much more intimacy than people know they're capable of, but I know they're craving it. How can people get to that point? Yeah, that's how come I, that's why I started my show to understand how you could have great love and great sex and how do those go together? And I think a lot of it has to do with I always say communication is a lubrication. Starting that starting that talk with your partner early on so you really understand it. Don't so you understand each other's, you know, sexual desires and proclivities and all that. And how do you I mean, really it takes effort. It's not brushing it under the rug. It's not like, you know, putting on the back burner sex, we're gonna have kids now and so we can't deal with the sex. I mean, it's like really putting it at the forefront of your agenda, your connection, your intimacy that you take your date night or that you, you um, are constantly like, you're taking time for yourselves. You're trying new things. You are really, it's just like, you're constant, just like how you would go to the doctor and get checkups. Like that's how much you're going to the grocery store and filling the food, your house with food. You guys are like convening around, around sex. And you're talking about, you know, I don't know, but you're saying people who are already married and they're, it's so hard to answer this question. It's like, this is all I talk about, but like Esther Peril wrote a great book about it. Made in captivity. Made in captivity. I love obsessed. that book. Obsessed. I mean, it talks yes. about how, because what you said is oftentimes the thing that really attracts us to someone is in the beginning, the lust phase right. is the, is the, is the excitement of the, the unknown mm-hmm. is um, it's novel. It's unexpected. It's all these things. And then we get in a committed relationship and the novelty becomes every day and the excitement is like humdrum and there's nothing new and you know this person and you become one and that's not sexy because there's nothing. So you got to right, balance no that. You got to balance that, um, keeping it still interesting and keeping some things a mystery. And I know this is, sounds really like I'm not saying you've got to like hide things, but it's just still keeping up that whatever that energy was that you had at the beginning, still like don't putting out that fire just because you guys got get comfortable, don't get too comfortable. I guess. And still um, and be aware of what's erotic for you. Right. Like if you're constantly in that search for yourself, 
and and this is where I come at, at sexuality too, is less from a, like an expert kind of a point of view, but just to be like, how honest are you really being with yourself? Because if you can't be honest with yourself, you, how are you going to explain to somebody else? Not only verbally communicate, like you mentioned, but also communicate with your body, communicate with your sounds, uh, right. communicate in a way that makes the person understand, ah, I think I'm on the right track right exactly. now. Exactly. Just know and know your body because I think a lot of women to do and men, they get shut down. They're like, I don't even know how to explain it. So if you do need to do the work, like my friend who never had an orgasm in college spent 30 days every day. She had this internship and she masturbated. She'd never had one. It was like day 27. And she for like, and she finally happened. That's a very like basic example about how <laughs> oh you have, I know, I of how you have that. to, I know, but she did. She's like, I did it. And, you know, and now she still has like, every time she has sex with her husband, she's like, I only had three. Like she's pissed. <laughs> and I think it's because she yeah. took that time. So what I'm saying is if you either, if you don't know, you could learn alone or feel like out of time with your partner together Go, go buy some books together. Like I have a book called Hot Sex, over 200 things you can try tonight. And you like flip it open to yes, a page. Yes, it's a book like, you wrote, in and fact. It's a, yeah. That's and it, Emily's it, book. And yeah. it's not like crazy positions. It's like, oh, we could try this way of talking tonight. Or I mean, it could just it's be, whatever, however you guys learn together. So it could be you do it together, you do it on your own. But it should be in the forefront of your relationship. And it should be something that you guys are, are working on. Because it's just, it's just after a while it's essential it's food water air sex. sex it's not in another category it's not a luxury item if you don't have sex and you don't have the connection then you are roommates with children that's it i mean you just you're not lovers you're not it's just in you know or just roommates which by the way i see a, a lot that's what you were asking yeah. the couples who are already on that road and it's like it doesn't have to be over just because you feel, you know, but, but you have to like, you might need sex therapy. Yeah. You might need to, you know, a lot of couples do because there is so much that has happened and there are so many resentments that you're not having sex because of something that happened 10 years ago, but right. then there's been a million things since then. And your partner is the least sexually attractive person you've ever seen on the planet. Right. You know, a lot of couples do need to get into therapy to work on it. That's why my advice is to start early on, even when there's not a problem, just like start talking about it. And if you don't know, you can be like, God, you know, I really don't even know what turns me on, but wouldn't it be fun? I just listened to this podcast and let's start figuring it out. You know, yeah. let's go to the Hustler Hollywood store. Let's go wherever and just buy some, however your journey is, however you learn best. But you know, it's like starting a new workout routine, like start a new sex routine. Right. But the one thing that I'm not into is this kind of like very blanket advice of like, well, just go to the Hustler store and get something sexy. No, it's not about, I'm saying yeah. whatever your journey is to, oh, maybe it's watching, maybe it's just talking a bucket list. I don't know what it is. It's right. not like, yeah, buying a vibrator is going to change your life. I'm right. not like that either. I'm just saying yeah. people don't know where to start. So if you don't know, like listen to a show, read a book, like together, it's like, these things interest us, like circle thing. I don't yes. start, start learning, start getting into it. It's fun. Yes. Like, oh my God, where has sex been my whole life? It's the so most happy. fun homework you'll ever, ever do. Ever, exactly. It's been such an inspiration to talk to oh you. Oh my God, great talking to you too. I feel like we're working towards the same common goal. Absolutely. And everybody should just be having one gigantic <laughs> orgasm on the planet right at the same moment. That's what we should have. We should have National Orgasm, orgasm Day. Like we're holding Day. hands across America, but it's like orgasms across America, yeah. across the world. I say we, we work America, on that. Just to be, you know, just start you know, slowly, but I think some, some the of world. the other countries are orgasming more than we are. Oh, they for sure. There was a study that just came out that said the top 12 most sexually satisfied countries. And we were not even, we did list. not write. No, no. we need to be more French. Exactly. The French were on there. Italians, Spain, Spain, not, we weren't even close. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's either, it's not a big deal, which is what they're kind of trying to in a way, they're trying to tell you, well, sex is not a big deal. And I don't think that that's 
the right thing either. Oh, like, people in relationships who say that? No, but you know how or it's like life. we have a puritanical culture here Absolutely. in the U.S., right? And then the opposite of that is, well, sex is not really a big deal. It's like I would like to see people in this country going, yes, sex is it's a, a big, big deal. deal. It's, I, I, well, I say it all the time. I'm like it is, sex is a big. Sex has got to be a priority in your relationship or in, in your life. It's so, it's sex. Sex is fun. It's like free. Well, it can be free. Uh, you know, you're, it's like this pleasure. <laughs> Hopefully, the clitoris only exists for your pleasure. Eight thousand nerve endings. That's it. That's the only. Like, why not get into that? Why? Like, can't we shed all the, the shame and the blame and stuff we have and like work on? It's like there's just so much around it to learn and. And when you're, and sex is healthy, restoration is healthy. It makes you feel good. You get the serotonin spike, you get the, the dopamine, you get the, the, dopamine. Mm-hmm. You get the rush and it's, it's actually good. It's actually good for you. Doctors will show that men are less likely to, you know, get prostate cancer, the Absolutely. more you ejaculate in women and it helps with PMS. I mean, there's health benefits as well and yes. um, help with your relationships, everything. So listen to us and go take care of business right now. If you've held off this long, I don't know about you, but I'm horny <laughs> just because your voice makes me horny. Oh, I love, thank you. You have such, it's just so sexy. Your voice has like a few tones in it at the same time. There's like a low tone and a high tone. It's like Janis Joplin. A lot of time it's really high and I have to like bring it down, but thank you. It's both at the same time. Mm. It's very sexy. Anyway, I'm thrilled that you came here thank with me, me and uh, I hope that you will come on again yeah. at some point. And we'll discuss more about what we're both into and yeah. see if we can find a good medium Absolutely. ground. Am I hitting on my guest right yeah, now? Yeah, that's okay. It that's happens. so I inappropriate. Um, you're, in, you're in love. I in am. In a monogamous relationship. I am. I am. But, okay. you know, there's, you there's, play around. there's some leeway there. You know, we could we could talk. We could okay. negotiate. Um, mostly my ex-husband just wants to meet you. So that's For the real? main like, thing. Okay. We'll talk yeah. about this after. All right. We'll talk about <laughs> all of that. Everyone's fixing me up all the time. It's funny. Well, I'm you're, in. I'm you're a catch. Vulnerable. You're a catch. Thank you. All right. <laughs> we could keep talking seriously all afternoon. There's so many things I could talk about with you, but we're going to end this right now prematurely. Oh! And thank you for being here with us. And this has been the Sexual Intuitive Show. You'll be glad you came. And my guest has been Sex with Emily. Of course, you can reach her sexually. at... com, And I'm on a Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. It's all out Sex with Emily. And send me your questions, feedback at sexwithemily.com. And subscribe on iTunes to the podcast, Sex with Emily. Subscribe with iTunes right after you subscribe to mine. And <laughs> that will be also uh, sexualintuitive.com, susannabrisk.com, and my Twitter handle, Twitter. Actually, my Instagram is at milfcode. But I may be changing that. I'm getting a little over the whole MILF thing. But okay. that's another topic for yeah, another Yeah, I wanted to hear what happened so. in the MILF thing. Okay. <laughs> We're good. We'll talk after. All right. We'll talk after. And you should go talk now about sex with each other. 